It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Wednesday. This is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. You can find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Sorry I missed out yesterday. Thought I was going to have time to get it knocked out yesterday afternoon. Helped a friend move yesterday morning. Uh, and that took a little longer than we thought it was going to. There was a piano involved. Don't know if you've ever moved a piano without any kind of uh, moving equipment. It's not an easy thing to do. It weighed a minimum of 1,000 pounds, uh, and we had to call in extra manpower to get the piano from one house to another house. So uh, it was quite the experience. And then last night, I attended Chris Paul's uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters Christmas event. Uh, hitting five three-pointers in a fourth quarter to win an NBA game is phenomenal, but what's even better is providing Christmas to uh, kids across the metro. So uh, that was great. Huge shout-out to Chris Paul for that. Uh, so again, sorry I wasn't with you yesterday, but that just means I have a lot to get to today. It is National Signing Day. Well, you know, not traditional National Signing Day. It is the opening of the early signing period. Uh, so I will even just now, it's 8.15 Right now, uh, I'm, I'm getting this thing knocked out this morning, so we're going to talk about the commitments. Uh, we'll talk about some of the guys who have already signed and then what to expect throughout the day. Isaiah Jacobs expected to make his commitment. Uh, unless since I turned this microphone on, he's already done it, then I don't believe uh, that he's made his commitment yet, so we'll keep an eye on that. We're keeping an eye on Mason Cobb, uh, trying to see who will wind up signing with Oklahoma State today. Uh, before we get into all the recruiting, I want to talk a little bit about Chuba Hubbard, because Chuba Hubbard spoke to the media yesterday, and he was phenomenal. Um, you know, you know, Chuba. We've come to know Chuba as such a class act and such a a stand up guy. And Chuba Hubbard said that he is intending on playing in the bowl game against Texas A and M. He said he's undecided on whether he's returning in 2020. Said he's taking that decision day by day. That's what he said on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, whenever somebody said that he'd already decided that he was coming back, he said, no, 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 I'm taking it day by day. He reiterated that yesterday. Um, look, as far as my personal opinion on whether guys should play in or skip bowl games, I would always skip the bowl game. Um, I, I don't think the risk is worth the reward, but I, I also don't think that everyone should feel the way I do. Um, you, you know, half of these big time draftable players skip it and half of them play. And I don't think either one of them is wrong. I, I don't think Chuba Hubbard is wrong for playing in the bowl game. Uh, I don't think if, uh, who else is going to be, a, I don't think if Jonathan Taylor were to skip his bowl game, he would be wrong. I think it's, it's important for, for guys to do whatever they think is best for them. Uh, I'll say this. Don't read into him playing in the bowl game as far as any kind of indicator on whether you think he's going to come back next year because you can twist this any way you want. You can say, well, Chuba Hubbard's playing in the bowl game. Obviously, he's not worried about getting hurt for the draft. He's probably coming back. 
Or you could say, well, Chuba Hubbard's playing in the bowl game. He really wants to get to 2,000 and have one last ride with his team. I mean, you could twist it any way you want to twist it. I just wouldn't read into it as far as what it means for next season. Just enjoy it one more time. I told everybody before Bedlam, enjoy watching Chuba Hubbard run one more time because you may not get to see him again in an Oklahoma State uniform. I'll tell you the same thing against Texas A&M. Maybe he comes back, or maybe this is the last time you watch him run in an Oklahoma State uniform. One of the best running backs that's ever, probably ever come through Stillwater. Probably, I, we're getting into a much deeper conversation now, but is he the third best running back to ever come through Oklahoma State? I mean, is it Barry and then Thurman? And then Chuba? Is that how we're ranking the three? Uh, it, would anybody else be above those? I mean, Kendall Hunter, probably not ahead of Chuba. Justice Hill, no. Joseph Randall, probably not. I, I mean, it's it's hard to, to say that some of these guys should be lower on the list, but, I mean, it's even harder to say that they should be higher on the list. So you're looking at probably the third best running back in history of Oklahoma State, and it might be the last time that you get to see him suit up and run for the Cowboys. So just enjoy the Texas Bowl without worrying about what it means for next season. And here's what Chuba Hubbard had to say yesterday that was really phenomenal. So Chuba Hubbard, again, class act. We all know that he got snubbed on the Doak Walker Award. We know that the voters didn't watch the games. We know that the voters voted for Jonathan Taylor based on what he'd accomplished in his career. We know these things. But Chuba Hubbard is a class act. So what does Chuba Hubbard say when he's asked about the awards, the fact that he didn't win the Doak Walker, was not a finalist for the Heisman, not only was not a finalist, but finished eighth in Heisman voting, closer to Tua Tungle-Vailoa than he was to Jonathan Taylor. Chuba said, I appreciate everything, my teammates and all the fans, and everything everyone's done for me, but I don't think I got snubbed or anything. It is what it is. There's a lot of great players out there. Jonathan Taylor deserved that award. Joe Burrow, I believe, 100% deserved the Heisman, and everyone that was in there deserved to be there. I appreciate everyone supporting me and having my back, though. I mean, is that just class from Chuba Hubbard or what? I mean, is this the Canadian in him, or is this the Stillwater in him? I think it's a little bit of a combination of both, uh, and I think Chuba Hubbard is just a down-to-earth good guy. I really do. Uh, I mean, I understand you say the right things in front of the media, but you can say the right things without flat-out saying that the guy who, who beat you for an award that you deserve deserved the award. But that's not how Chuba Hubbard operates. Chuba Hubbard's a class guy. Chuba Hubbard, no, no, no. Jonathan Taylor deserved it. Joe Burrow, no, no, no. He deserved to be the Heisman. It's, I, I just I think that's big time from Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I think that is is part of what makes Chuba Hubbard really easy to root for. It, it's just how good of a guy he is, uh, and and how easy he makes it to like him. And every time you get mad and you're fired up as a fan, he's like, guys, it's fine. I had a great season. So did they. Don't worry about it. I'm good. Uh, as far as the Texas Bowl against Texas A and M. Uh, it should be a good one. There are 39 bowl games in all, which don't get me started on there being 39 bowl games. ESPN has the Texas Bowl coming in at number 13. Um, of course, that's sixth best of the Big 12 games. Obviously, LSU's higher. Texas is higher. Kansas State Navy's higher. Iowa State Notre Dame is higher. All those are higher. Uh, but the ESPN game notes for the Texas Bowl say it's an old-school Big 12 showdown from back when the Big 12 actually had 12 teams. A&M and the Cowboys haven't faced off since 2011 when the Aggies left for the for the SEC. Uh, by the way, 
Uh, Oklahoma State won that game. It says Oklahoma State is riding a four-game win streak in the series, and Chuba needs just 64 rushing yards to top 2,000 for the year. He's at 100 in every FBS game this season. And Jimbo Fisher need, needs one more win to average less than $1 million salary per victory in 2019. Yikes. Big yikes for Texas A&M paying Jimbo Fisher. Uh, well, we're going to get a lot more into Texas A&M, but at the risk of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole right here, Texas A&M is so much fun to watch from an outsider perspective, they would be miserable to be a fan of. Uh, one, because most of their fans are miserable. I actually know a, a Texas and am friends with a Texas A&M fan. I don't know if he's listening to this. Most of their fans are miserable people who think they're Alabama. That, that's the real problem that Texas A&M has. They think they're Alabama. They talk about themselves like they're Alabama. They expect to have success like they're Alabama. They, quite frankly, bring in and spend money like they're Alabama and yet, they continue to whip off, rip off seven and eight win seasons. Even when they have a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, they still only rip off nine wins. I, I mean, it is just phenomenal to watch Texas A&M operate and walk, away, walk around as if they are the, the big dogs, as if they are Alabama, and they haven't even had near the success over the last decade and a half that Oklahoma State has had, which spends the least money in the conference on recruiting and, you know, is invested, built all those new facilities, and is a good college football program. But nobody in Stillwater is trying to walk around like they're Alabama. Uh, but that's how Texas A&M rolls. So good for Texas A&M. Hopefully Oklahoma State goes down and beats up on them. I need to take a break. If you're listening on Spotify, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot, tag us. Tag us at Locked On Live. Then you can tag me, John Hoover, Brady Trantham, whoever you're listening to on the Locked On Podcast Network, and uh, we will share and retweet all of that. We appreciate you listening. Going to take a break, come back. On the other side, talking recruiting. Also have a couple of Twitter questions to get to. So a lot still to get to in the last uh, 15 minutes or so here. Stay with me on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back into Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Wednesday. This is National Signing Day for the early signing period, and things are underway. Oklahoma State putting together a pretty good class this year. It's uh, pretty consistent with what we've come to expect from Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State uh, is expected right now of the 18 commitments, the average overall ranking, scale of 1 to 100, is 86. That's what it was last year. It's a about the same as what it was the year before. Uh, Oklahoma State landed an athlete the other night, Rashad Owens, uh, in-state running back 
Isaiah Jacobs from Owasso is supposed to announce at 2.15 this afternoon uh, at Owasso High School in the gym, I'm sure. Uh, so he's got Oklahoma State as one of his finalists. Shane Illingworth, obviously, is a huge uh, commitment for Oklahoma State, the four-star quarterback, the highest-ranked recruit in the class. And here's the thing. Whenever you talk about Oklahoma State currently only having one four-star in the class, uh, and that is Shane Illingworth. You want your highest-rated recruit to be your quarterback. Uh, Shane Illingworth, 6'6", 234 is what he's listed as. He's out of California. He threw for 3,081 yards and 44 touchdowns. Only two interceptions in his final season uh, at Norco High School. Completed uh, just north of 65% of his passes. Uh, and he's supposed to be phenomenal. Um, everyone who's who's watched him, you can go uh, watch film of him. There's a great film breakdown of him. Uh, shout out to the good folks at Pistols Firing, who do a great job, always. Um, who have a great film breakdown of him there that I watched last week, uh, a few days ago, whenever I watched it. I don't remember. Uh, but it's a good it's a good breakdown. Uh, I highly recommend that you go watch it. So, highest ranked recruit is the quarterback. That's good news. Also have a couple of in-state products, namely Brennan Pressey. Uh, Brennan Presley, pardon me, um, who is probably ranked too low. Presley is 84 uh, on on 247 Sports. That's his composite ranking. He's a three-star, ranked 84. He's not ranked as one of the top 100 athletes in the country. I don't know, man. I don't know. He is electrifying. He's phenomenal. We saw what he did in the state championship game with the kickoff return. Uh, I mean, he had a great season. I think that this is a guy that we're going to look back in a few years and think, okay, he probably was not rated high enough. He was probably closer to an 88 or a 90. Uh, He was probably a a much better athlete than he was given credit for coming out of school. And uh, I I think that that's going to end up being a better signing than maybe what it looks like. Uh, A lot of three stars in this class. It it, it is what you would come to expect from a Mike Gundy Oklahoma State team. A lot of three stars, uh, 84 overall ranking, the number 98 defensive tackle in the country, Grant Mahone out of Denton, Texas, Cole Thompson out of Norman, Oklahoma, the number 50 ranked in the country, inside linebacker, 84.85 overall ranking, Eli Russ, really, really good offensive lineman, 6'5", 305 out of Ardmore, played at Plainview, Uh, he's ranked 87.96 by 247 Sports, Uh, fifth ranked recruit in Oklahoma, the 28th ranked offensive guard in the country, Uh, so that's a big time recruit for Oklahoma State, again, your biggest recruits are at quarterback and on the offensive line. That's what you like to see. Also, big-time tight end, Quentin Stewart, 6'4", 230, 86.88 ranking, the number 26 tight end in the country. Uh, good for Oklahoma State, who, you know, that's been a position of importance for Oklahoma State uh, while Mike Gundy has been in Stillwater. A defensive end, Tyron Irby, um, <clears throat> pardon me, he is a three-star defensive end. He is uh, a JUCO Juco guy, Juco transfer out of Mississippi. Uh, 83.16 is what he's ranked. Monroe Mills, again, an offensive tackle, 83.77, 6'7, 291. So at 6'7, 291, you would assume that Rob Glass will get him beefed up a little bit. You would think that he might be 6'7, maybe not by the time he starts as a, a true freshman, if he even does, but maybe by the time that he's a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore, maybe he would be 6'7, uh, 330. Six seven three forty something like that out there playing tackle. Uh, he's from Columbia, Missouri. Trent Pullen, again, another offensive guard, ranked eighty eight. 
Uh, he is the highest rated 2020 commit other than Shane Illingworth. He's from Waco, uh, and he actually picked Oklahoma State over 14 other offers. He had offers from LSU, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and an offer from his hometown school of Baylor, and he decided to come play for Charlie Dickey and the Cowboys. So uh, those are just some of the recruits for Oklahoma State. Uh, some of the commitments, uh, and again, keep an eye on Isaiah Jacobs later on today. Uh, Daniel Nada is not expected to commit today. If he does, obviously that would be a huge boost for Oklahoma State's class. Uh, would get them nearly inside the top 25. Don't expect that to happen. Uh, he's apparently heavily leaning Arizona State, according to the experts. But you just never know. You just never know. Uh, Oklahoma State, again, the other night, they landed uh, 2020 athlete Rashad Owens. Um he was only offered a week ago from Oklahoma State. Owens, he's that was Oklahoma State's 18th commitment in this cycle. Uh, he is a, a skill guy, an athlete. Uh, he can play running back or receiver. Um, he played a lot of running back in high school. You would expect him to get more of a look at Oklahoma State playing receiver uh, you, you know, as an athlete, but I think that he's going to have the option. Uh, he played basketball. He did the high jump, multi-sport guy. He, again, running back and receiver. He's an athlete. Uh, and this is from Adam Lunt on Twitter. Says he's undeveloped, no real volume until 2019. So, you, you know, this is another one of those guys that Oklahoma State is probably thinking that they see something that maybe some other people don't see um, because he was a late bloomer. Didn't do a lot until his senior year of school, and now they're like, okay, maybe this kid can play. Um, he didn't have the, the greatest offers in the world. Oklahoma State was his best offer. His other offers, Colorado State, Army, Fordham, Georgia Southern, UTSA, Tulane, Texas State, New Mexico State, Kansas, Incarnate Ward, Houston Baptist. Um, uh, Kansas was his only other Power 5 offer, and that's like minor league Power 5. So, you know, for him, whenever he got the offer from Oklahoma State, I'm sure it was a no-brainer, especially with all of the, uh, the, the athletes that Oklahoma State has had come through over the years. Uh, one of Oklahoma State's coaches said he's a great kid, a true model of everything we want in our program. So, you know, uh, Des Bryant showed him some love on Twitter, said he's going to be great. So uh, that's kind of what we're looking at right now with Oklahoma State's class. Still looking at Mason Cobb and Isaiah Jacobs later on today, hoping that both of those commitments wind up with Oklahoma State. I'm going to take a break, come back on the other side, answer a couple of Twitter questions, and call it a day. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone is with me on this uh, Wednesday, the opening of the early signing period. want to remind everybody, I know a lot of us do last-minute Christmas shopping. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to Breaking T, just the letter T, 
BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. It's great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Head on over to BreakingTea.com slash Locked on. Uh, all right, I want to get to a couple of Twitter questions here on the opening of uh, early signing period, both from Brian Raper, who tweets us uh, and is a loyal listener here on Locked on Pokes. So the one he sent me on Monday, I was going to get to yesterday, uh, and then, of course, I wasn't in. He asked, did ESPN Plus cost Chuba Hubbard the Doak Walker Award? Jonathan Taylor was on TV more. Uh, I think that was part of it. I really do. You know, the, the Big 12, um, I don't want to say sold itself, to ESPN Plus, you, you know, the whole Big 12 Now thing they're doing. But everything that happens in college athletics, in professional athletics, that involves TV networks, that involves streaming, uh, you know, the, the Thursday night football and Sunday morning London games that were streamed on Amazon in the NFL, all of these things that these different leagues, uh, different colleges, different conferences do, it, it is all about the money. And, you, you know... Everyone likes to, not everyone, a lot of people like to look at college athletics as this pure amateur thing that, you know, it shouldn't be tainted by money. And I'm just letting you know, that ship has sailed. And the Big 12 did, to some extent, sell itself to ESPN+. And it did hurt Chuba Hubbard. Look, I, I don't mind the game against, being, against McNeese State being on, on ESPN+. I really don't. I think, you know what, fine. You've got this new streaming platform. You want to get new subscribers, fine. Put it on ESPN+. Plus. The the Southeastern Louisiana basketball game coming up in a couple of weeks, you know, who cares? It's on ESPN+. Plus. Okay, it's a non-conference game against Southeastern Louisiana. You should not have a Big 12 conference game between Oklahoma State and Kansas State. That game should not ever not be on television. I mean, that's what it was. It was a non-televised Big 12 conference game. Well, but you can stream it. it, Yeah, if you pay your subscription service and you want to go through the hassle of streaming it, you can do all that and you can get it on your TV. And and then guess what? It's going to cut out. The stream's not going to work for half the second quarter. You're going to miss a decent chunk of it. And you know who's not subscribing to ESPN Plus and going through all that hassle to watch the game? Anyone who's not an Oklahoma State or Kansas State fan. So, yeah, I think ESPN Plus played a part in costing Chuba Hubbard the Doak Walker Award because nobody watched. Nobody who was not covering one of those two teams or a diehard fan of one of those two teams watched that game. Uh, then Brian also gives his thoughts on recruiting, which I appreciate. And, and if anybody else has thoughts on recruiting, let me know, because I know that this is a big divisive subject for Oklahoma State fans. And I, I'm not... Uh, you know, turn the mic on and and start yelling about recruiting guy. I I don't think that that does any good. Uh, you know, there are people who who do that. If if you want to listen to those people, uh, and you think that that's good insight, somebody yelling that Oklahoma State should be pulling in as good recruits as Oklahoma and Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson. If 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 you want to listen to those people, they're out there. I don't think that serves much of a purpose. Uh, Brian says, my thoughts on football recruiting is Gundy goes after players that have one to three stars that he can develop. Guys like James Washington. There's a lower chance of blue bloods stealing your recruits. Oklahoma State needs to take the next step and start making the conference championship game. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, you say players from one to three stars. Yeah, there will be some guys less than three. 
a lot of the the class for Oklahoma State are three star guys. I mean, the extreme majority uh, of guys for Oklahoma State are three stars. The average player ranking is going to wind up around 86, uh, which is a- about where it usually is. Uh, you know, you can even break it up into to high three stars and low three stars. High three stars, you've got a guy like a Rashad Owens, who was a late bloomer, Eli Russ, uh, Trent Pullen, highly rated offensive guards, number 25 and number 28 at their position in the country. Corey Black is the number 36th ranked corner in the country. Those are some of the higher three-star guys. You look at some of the lower three-star guys, like a safety, like Nicholas Sessions is in this class. Monroe Mills, I mentioned earlier. Grant Mahone, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Brennan Presley is actually considered a, a lower three-star type of guy, and I think he's being a little bit misevaluated there. Um, as far as the recruiting rankings nationally, part of how you rank up nationally is how many commitments you have in the class. And with only 18 right now, that will prevent Oklahoma State from being higher. Because the thing about recruiting rankings, Oklahoma State currently ranked number 40, and the average per player rating is about 86. Uh, let's say Oklahoma State were to have 22 commitments and they would all be an average player rating of 86. Well, then instead of being 40th in the country, you might currently be sitting at 28th in the country. That, that's just kind of how the recruiting works. Uh, it's kind of a weird system. How the rankings work is a little bit weird. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a guy like Rashad Owens, that's, I mean, that's trademark Mike Gundy. That's trademark Oklahoma State. A guy who comes on late. His next best offers are from Colorado State and Kansas. But you think – that you've seen something in him in his one year of real production in high school football that leads you to believe he can be a star at this level, and you go get him. Multi-sport athlete, plays basketball, does the high jump. Who's he remind you of? I mean, who's that guy remind you of? A late bloomer, multi-sport athlete that didn't have a lot of big offers? He reminds you of the guy who's scoring touchdowns for the Steelers right now. I mean, James Washington, he's in Pittsburgh without a quarterback, and he's still having a pretty decent season. So... I mean, I'm not saying Rashad Owens is going to be James Washington. Don't don't twist my words up here. I'm just saying that's kind of the guy Oklahoma State goes after. As far as taking the next step and starting to make the conference championship game, uh, I, I do think now Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders, likely going to be your guy for the next three years. Uh, we'll see just how hot Illingworth comes onto the scene, Brendan Costello. I, I don't know how it all works out. But Spencer Sanders seems like he has a stranglehold on the position for the near future. Uh, you, you know, I don't know if Tylen and Chuba come back, but a lot of guys on defense come back. You're recruiting well on the offensive line. Charlie Dickey's got that unit improved. Uh, you should still have good skill guys, even if you do lose Tylen and Chuba. I don't think it's unrealistic for Oklahoma State fans to go into next season with the expectation of making the conference championship game. And, and I would certainly say this. Oklahoma State needs to find itself in that game at least once under Spencer Sanders and at least once under Shane Illingworth, assuming that he is as good as he's pardon me, as good as he's supposed to be. I, I think that that is realistic. I, I don't think being there every year and doing what Oklahoma is doing is realistic because again, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Oklahoma is one of the three greatest blue bloods in the history of college football. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that they're right down the road and that that's your rival, but that's the reality of life. But I, I do think it's realistic for Oklahoma State fans to expect the Cowboys to, to be there once a class. Uh, I mean, if you're there once every three to four years, um, I, I think you're being successful as Oklahoma State. And you probably win that game every other time that you're there. Uh, again, 
I'm bringing realism to the situation. Um, I, I could just tell you that, yeah, if, if Spencer Sanders and, and Chuba and Tyler are back, Oklahoma State should go 13-0, and should win the Big 12 championship, and should be in the college football playoff. It's not always realistic. Uh, you, you know, today is a big part of who is successful um, next season. The, the, the recruiting is a big part of it. And Oklahoma State is putting together a nice class. And a nice class for Oklahoma State is a 96, not pardon me, an, an 86 average player ranking. And they're going to be going up against some teams who have average player rankings in the 90s. I mean, that's what Clemson and Ohio State and Oklahoma and a lot of these schools are. It's average player rankings in the 90s. It's just, it, it's different. Again, college football not designed for parity. You should always keep that in mind. College football doesn't want parity. Uh, it's not how it's designed. They're not going to change it to, to, to help schools like Oklahoma State. It is the way it is for the foreseeable future. But I think Oklahoma State's putting together a nice class, and I do think, uh, you, you know, at some point with Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State needs to be in the conference championship game. If Illingworth turns out to good, be a good player, at some point while he's quarterbacking Oklahoma State, they need to be in the conference championship game. The, the, the in-between quarterback years, that's the year, you know, the corndog year, that's the year where you take a little bit of a dip and you can kind of live with that because you're in-between quarterbacks. When you have your guy in the shotgun, under center, when you have that guy, then you should expect in that class, in that cycle, to play and compete for conference championships. Appreciate everyone being with me on this Wednesday. Uh, Isaiah Jacobs making his announcement at 2.15 this afternoon at Owasso. Mason Cobb expected to announce today as well, so keep an eye on both of those. Thanks for listening. I'm back tomorrow on Lockdown Pokes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.